Good evening, Facebook, YouTube, Periscope. Uh, tonight we have a, a, a different type of show. Um, this is our first episode of Let's Talk Presents the Poetry Corner. Uh, for those of you that have watched the last time I interviewed King Atterbury, um, a lot of a lot of people had liked a lot of the poetry that he had um, read, and a lot of people thought that it would be great to have him back on the show. So we actually took it a step further, and hopefully we'll make this a, a weekly thing, depending on the scheduling, where we're going to have um, King Atterbury will have on some of his friends. Uh, uh, when you know, sometimes uh, people have friends that may be in the same uh, field, I say, with them, but sometimes they may do something else. So this is actually his best friend. Uh, hmm. Her name is Julia Dozier. Um, she's actually in the Let's Talk group. I actually approved her last week. So she's been kind of quiet, laying low. So, mm -hmm. you know. So King Atterbury, what's going on, cuz? I'm good, everybody. Good evening. How you doing? Um, I just released my uh, eighth book called uh, The Man Behind the Hands. Shall I show y'all a glance of? You see the man, uh, sorry, y'all. The man sitting at the table. It's the one with the white hat, that's the older me looking at the newer me because of the fact that I've elevated consciously and morally through different ethics and uh, brought my rise. So I'm on one right now. And the, the CD will be out before the end of the summer. So, cuz, let's, 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 let's talk about um, when we had the conversation about doing this. Um, what was it? What, what was what, what was it that sparked your interest on why you wanted to, you named it poetry in the corner poetry in the corner from the door like you had yeah. a name and everything. So what <laughs> sparked yeah, everything what is God driven, cuz God okay. driven. I feel like um because of the amount of poetry that I have out there in my books, I feel like I need to share that with the world through this platform. You know, just to um speak freely and give the listeners and everybody a taste of what I have. So, you know, just in case they haven't, they haven't gotten a book, I can just exploit that through the platform and let them hear me um, speak the poetry. So, you know. so do you want to um, give the order some poetry first, or you would you like to introduce your esteemed uh, partner right here? <laughs> I'm going to let... Uh, let Miss Julia take the stage when I, and in between I'll drop off some poetry. Okay. Okay. Julia, would you like to give us some background information of yourself? Yes, absolutely. First, let me say it's just so amazing to um, be on Let's Talk this evening. Um, King Atterbury has been sharing with me um, his experience with you and being on the show and how it's it's helping him to tap in even further into his work. So I think this is a wonderful platform and I'm just so happy to be on. Um, I am from the Bronx originally. I'm now living in Virginia. Um, I grew up during the, the, the middle of all that was happening in hip hop. I lived maybe about two blocks away from the fever. I don't know if uh, you know your listeners are familiar with that, but 
being able to see people like Kumo D and Africa Bambata and also not living too far away from Yankee Stadium and being able to see Reggie Jackson, I just feel like there was creativity always all around me. Um, and I lived that beat. And uh, I decided to go back to school when I was about 26, 27. And I learned that I could write and I could write really well. Um, my, my grades reflected that. So um, after like experiencing some, some difficulties in my life um, and being able to overcome them, I realized that there was a lot of lessons um, as a young woman, woman that I did not receive. And so I wanted to make sure that the younger generation coming up had access to that information if they didn't have anyone around them sharing it with them. So that's how I began my journey. Um, I have performed spoken word at different places in New Jersey and in Harlem. Um, I haven't done it in a while, but I can't wait to get back to it. <laughs> so you are. Uh, so I, it, it would be safe to say you, you mentioned Yankee Stadium. So you are. Uh, Plenty of nights on that Grand Concourse, huh? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. I, had a, I have some friends from uh, 167th and Grand Avenue. Right oh, there. That, that's that, not too far yeah, from where I brought up. That, that, that exact area, actually, uh, my friend, his family's house got knocked down for the new stadium. Where it was oh, where wow. the new stadium was. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's talk about these books, these two books that my cousin told me you wrote. Um, explain the first one you wrote. So the first one is um, Joe, uh, I call him Joel. Joel and I had this conversation um, today. The first one is called um, Crown Rules, One Woman's Journey to the Throne. Mm. And it's a woman's empowerment book. And um, the, the Crown Rules is uh, like a collection for me. So I have two books currently and I'm working on a third one that'll be the final one for that collection. But the reason why I titled it Crown Rules is because what I noticed at the time that it was written, I think 2017, was that a lot of sisters were going around calling each other queen, mm -hmm. but we weren't acting as such. Mm. And I thought that it was important for us to kind of change the, the conversation from being a queen because that's what kind of makes us feel good about ourselves to say, to really looking at like, do we feel like a queen? What are the things that we're doing that align us to being a queen? And then if we're not there, how can we get there? Um, just using my personal experience and lessons that I've learned along the way to kind of help people like really be clear about that. You can call yourself something, but are you really living that way? So let me let me ask you a question. Um, when you when you decided that you wanted to put the pen to the pad and write this book, and you know, was it a lot of soul searching and a lot of self reflection when you wrote the book? Oh my God, it was. Um, first, let me say I thank God for the ability to write um, and to express my thought. And I think, you know, being friends with Joel kind of helped me to identify writing as an outlet. I think he was working on his first book at the time. I um, 
I was prior to writing, I was um, in the process of a divorce and I was just trying to kind of figure out, trying to figure out how I got there. And so I started journaling. And when I went back to look at it, it was like very mad, angry writing. <laughs> and I was like, now I got to find some some jewels in this. I got to find some benefit out of all of this anger. I don't want to be an angry person because something didn't work out well. Um, and so I, I went back to the journal and I tried to pull out the jewels or the gems that I got from it. And I was like, oh, these are lessons. These are lessons. And so um, I, I phrased it to just like put different chapters of lessons that I had learned up until that point in the book. And if it wasn't for um, Joelle already being part of, already being involved in his process of publishing his first book, mine would have never been created. So he, so, so that energy rubbed off on you. It did. It did. And he helped me through the, the, the entire process. Yeah, that's, that's good. Um, so let me, let me uh, ask you, <laughs> let me see how I could put this. Did you, what was your intention when, so you say you first started out, it was a journal. You just was, you know, doing a lot of self-reflection and then when you realize, like, hold up, I don't, I don't wrote a whole book about this. I don't write the <laughs> chapters. Like, I really did. You feel? When did you feel like relief, or you know, for lack of better words, vindicated? Like, yo, I wrote a book, and it's basically about my feelings. My, you know, my soul is in this book. Um, one of the 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 other parts of of who I am is I'm I'm a, a mentor and a coach to young to young women and to young men and even um adults my own age and as I got like through the book I had shared it with a young woman in the school where I was like an administrator and she read the book she, she never wanted to go to class. And sometimes I would let her sit in my office and just hang out. And on the, the day that I had given her the book, she asked if she could stay with me and just and just read. Um, and as she got to the I think it was the third chapter, she just kind of like broke into tears. And she said she had to call her mom. And she said that she realized in in reading it that she, too, had not been instilled with lessons that we need to have as women and that she was angry at her mother for not doing that mm. and in reading the book she realized that her mother wasn't able to do that for her because her mother hadn't received that so it was like at that point that i realized okay um my pain or my experience can be beneficial to someone else. And that's the moment that I felt vindicated. That's good. That's good. King, what, what, what do you, what do you, what do you, as, 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 as her confidant, like to see her writing go from where she was at in the beginning stages to now, how, how do you feel like, you know, what, what, what you getting out of it? It's sort of saying. Her writing is wonderful. I mean, me and me and Julia has had magnificent 
conversations. I mean, there's been plenty of times my elevation points jump high. You know, I go up to New York and she gives me unconditional love of time. She take me to the water where I go meditate, her little hot spots, I call them. <laughs> you know? So and it's like, she never really knew sometimes like what was going on. I just be like, yo, I'm coming up, this, that, and the other. And I come up, I had a lot of things on my plate, but the energy just recycled off. But I go, meditate, we have conversation, we talk, chill, you know, go back in some old New York type of way. And it's a beautiful thing, but I've seen her elevation points of on a different magnitude. So when she came out with a second book, I was just like, oh, shucks. I said, here you come. <laughs> you know what I'm I already saw, well, Ben saw the star power that she possessed. You know what I mean? Like, I, just from conversations. And I know everything is going to be a boom factor. This is not going to be, the second one is not just going to be the end. The third one is not going to be the end. There's going to be more coming. You know what I mean? And I mean, like, we, me and her have kinetic energy. You know what I mean? Like, you know, she just. You froze. You have froze for a minute. You have froze for a second. Like, so. You have I mean, froze for a second. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, um, she's exuberant in anything that she does. And, I mean, she's just going to, like, plow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, so let me ask you, Julia. We talked. We talked a little bit behind the scenes about this one, the second book you wrote. Describe to the audience the second book. Explain to the audience the second book. Okay, so the second book is titled "Crown Rules Two: King, How Black Men Love," and mm. it's one of my favorite books. Um, I think the first, what the first book did was it allowed me to process that anger I had about the disappointment of my, like my marriage and my divorce, but also relationships before then. That the first book helped me to heal a lot of that, and the second book um, really helped me to get back into good relationship with men. My goal was to try to understand men better. Um, mm. Of course, growing up, I had uncles and you know friends and my grandfather, who I loved dearly. Um, my father wasn't really there, so I didn't have that relationship. And I felt like I just didn't understand men. So one morning, by the grace of God, um, I woke up and I always keep my pen and my pad next to me. I woke up and I felt like the spirit was talking to me. And in that moment, I received like 12 questions to ask. And I didn't know what was going on. And I think Jojo can, Joel can attest to this process. It's like the, the, the spirit will hit you and you, you, you feel that motivation and that urge to just start writing. So I wrote down the questions and I was like, okay, I have the questions. What do I do with them? And it was like, why don't I ask some, some men, specifically black men, because that's who I love. <laughs> Let me ask some black men um, 
their their um, view or their understanding on these questions. And the questions really go into how do black men identify themselves? What do they recall the first time that they fell in love? And like, what did that feel like to them? How do they express love? Um, what kind of love do they need and require? And I think going through the process of doing all of those interviews, it helped me to develop a compassion for Black men. And it's like, I don't, I think that, that, that Black men in general just experience so much harshness and coldness in this world. And that we as Black women have a responsibility and, a, and an accountability to kind of be a barrier for that, but we can't do that if we're angry with you. And so, did you did did you feel, in a sense, that um, you were put in a position to understand these ten men's vulnerability? I was, and I think I was very fortunate that the 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 men that I interviewed were actually men friends that I had known like for years. Um. At who felt, I think, at the time, okay to kind of like entertain me and what I was doing, but they had no idea of the depth of it. And like after they were able to answer maybe that first or second question, then they were able to open up. And a lot of them said to me that they really hadn't had the opportunity to express those feelings. Mm. The reason, the reason why I asked that is because I, I think that a lot of times, and, and, and it's interesting that you wrote a book about this, uh, we don't have conversations with the opposite sex enough. No. And to, to, to get to understand each other, um, to get to understand yourself, you may have to talk to somebody of the opposite sex because you may you maybe have a, a thought process that may be like crazy, but you may need the opposite sex to like, yo, that's not reality. Um, because sometimes with, like if I was to talk to King, he may just be like, cause you right. Like, you know, you're not, but sometimes we need that wall to sometimes push us up, push us back. And I noticed that, um, you know, when I speak about myself personally is that once I was personally able to, uh, to, to come to peace with a lot of things that I had going on with myself. I mean, everything's been swell for me. I mean, mm -hmm. honestly, I, I I don't have no worries whatsoever um, because I don't allow myself to worry about things that I really don't have no control over. Mm -hmm. so, that's, so that's very interesting that you were able to take that those conversations that we should have naturally, put it in book form, and um, I can guarantee, without reading your book, most people that have uh, found themselves at our age, back at square one, <laughs> probably could probably read your read your book and really get some depth on who they are. Is because a lot of times, like you said, we try to figure out who the next person is, or well, this relationship didn't work, you know. And I always try to say, bitter is not better. So. Right. You know, that's very interesting. That's good. 
So, King, because you said this was the poetry corner, do you have any poetry for us today? You said you was going to read out of, the, out of the newest book, right? Yes, sir. Definitely have some poetry. This one is called uh, Who You? All right. Bring a force within nature, a lot of universe to post up. Anything the man behind the hands touches closer. My roundabout way of feeling good is to see. Do improve reflection that connect all possibilities. Emotions are not tied, but I keep my lids open. Being vocal and focused on portable obtaining tokens. Find a cloud that mirror any thought that makes sense. Locked in my mental Rolodex until it all comes to evidence. The God do not lie. I lost many to the skies. When the memories rise from underneath, embrace the high. Start a wave of reading, different, like I'm back at study hall. There is no one lose a draw if you keep a total recall. King mm. Atterbury. Nice. Mm. Yeah, we. I didn't. I didn't ask you the last time when we interviewed because I remember one time I had. I got a friend that he. Uh, he writes poetry. I lost contact with him, and he was telling me how the wording. A lot of the older people that write poetry was upset because it got changed to spoken word. And remember, <laughs> that's that's why I always say like, yo, some people say it's a difference. I don't know the depths of it to say if it's a difference. Um, what are you guys' thoughts about that? Is it a difference? <laughs> uh, there's different styles of poetry. I'll put it to like this. Uh, I'm gonna say for instance like this. My supervisor at work, she she says she reads poetry a lot. But when she read my books, she was like, I'm kind of fascinated the way you write. She's an educator also, you know, even though she's the RCD, you know, the director of nursing. She's like, I've never seen that type of writing of poetry. And I was like, what do you mean? No, me, I'm just, I write poetry. I mean, I spit it out. So she's like, the the way you word things, the way it's like, a, but see this other lady said it too. She said, I've never really seen abstract poetry rhyme. And I'm like, I'm looking at her like she got three heads like, huh? And she's like, yeah, it's like an abstract rhyming poetry. See, you have almost like your own genre of the way you write. And I was like, okay, you know what I mean? So me being me, I'm just like, what I need to work on it or something? She said, No, no, that was great. You know, she had all three books, and when I at first, and she was like, Yeah, so you know, I guess the way is brought to me from the divine, I, I lay it out. You know, I can't really say what kind of style I have of writing, I just write for the world, you know. Julia, do you think do you consider poetry and spoken word different? I do. I do. Um, I've, I've, I think from like grade school, I think the first uh, type of poetry I was introduced to was haiku, where it's like not too many, not too many verses, maybe six or eight lines. Um, and it's like putting, putting your thoughts or your emotion or the, and you can always out there and you can always grab a feeling from it. The reason why it's different for me is because um, I did a, uh, a spoken word performance at the Red Lobster on 125th Street in Harlem. 
What? I know. <laughs> they had they had they had a uh, spoken word night, and so one night I just you know got up I, on I, my courage I, and I, I went. I gotta, I gotta cut you off for a second. I didn't even know they had a red lobster on one twenty two. They did, and the crab legs were sm- slamming in there too. But <laughs> the the reason why it's different to me is because when you're when you're expressing your spoken word in front of your people, that energy that you get back from them when they understand what you're saying and they can they can they can feel it and they can dig it and it touches something that maybe they were feeling but haven't said that's different to me than just like write, writing it down. There's an energy to it. That's different. I'm going to ask you guys a question because I know this is like, you know, you know, I I, I'm, I won't consider myself a poet, but I, I I know I would consider what you guys do on stage basically like a comedian. Because you guys, you got to tap into an energy that you don't even know what it's about before you get there. So you could have your material ready go and the crowd is not the crowd you expect like you said Julia you may go in there and it may be a corporate crowd you may have expected something else and you like like you was on 125th now you could have been on 125th uh late 80s early 90s or 125th in the 2000s and we know that <laughs> those two crowds is totally different right so so let me ask you how does when you guys do when you guys do do shows, and I know you said you haven't done it in a while, Julia. Um, when you do, you have like a set amount of po- what you're gonna do and how you're gonna go, or you just wing it from your memory, looking at the crowd. Is it like a vibe? It's it's definitely a vibe. I make sure if I'm if I know that I'm going to perform or the times that I have gone to perform. Um, first I I it's always by invitation. So I kind of think about the person that I'm gonna be like in in the company of. And then the other thing is I try to make sure that I, I bring at least three or four pieces of work. And it's 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 everything that you said. Like that once I feel the vibe, then I know which ones to deliver. King, I got a question for you. What's good? We 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 see we know that you um you are an original boom bap rap era guy. Um <laughs> when and, and knowing and knowing that basically the birth of hip hop came through poetry, uh, the similarities the same. Um, you know, one of my one of my favorite rappers is Rakim. Uh, his mother was a big. Right his mother was a big big. Uh, his mother was a jazz, jazz. musician. Um, yes. So when you when you look at the culture of hip hop now, and as they say, the mumble rap, <laughs> is is it any way that what would you what would you do as a poet? You know the roots to hip hop. What would you do if you could explain it to these younger rappers? 
one particular way I would just say, you need to go out there and get by the guard's book. <laughs> Don't sweat the technique. Because, you know, not the subject jump or nothing, but since you're talking about Rakim and these mumble rappers, I read a little bit of his book in the beginning. And I was kind of fascinated that how much that I pay attention to the God MC, mm-hmm. you know? And when he said certain things, and I'm like, that's almost like my format a little bit. You feel the energy around you and you build buildings. You know what I'm saying? You look at the knowledge, you look at the wisdom, you look at, check the understanding, you know, and it goes by experience also. So a lot of them, they just, and it's like anybody can do that ABC rap or, you know, get a nice track and you could just say anything. What happened to the content of the material of what you're saying? You know, I've studied guys like Rakim, Chuck D, Karis One, Coogee Rap, you know, Kumo D, Grandmaster Kaz, and Melly Mel. All of them. I studied they they rhyme patterns, the way they spoke, you know, the different way of poetry and just the way they articulate everything. Student of the game. So these guys might look at me like, who this dude? I'm saying, dude, I could do the same thing that you're doing, you know, but I'm not on that level. So to be, they think it's cool to mumble rap and everything like that, how we claim it to be, that style. But it's a new wave amongst the, the kids today. You know, they feel okay with that, but that's not hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know, they saying it's hip hop, then they say it's rap. That's not even rap. I don't even know what that is they doing, but to each his own. You know, but for the real the, for the real people out here, the real MCs, the people that want to hear stuff, nah. <laughs> I know you're surprised that I even brought him up because we never talked about Rakim, but it's funny is I actually... um listen to rock him every morning before i start my job uh it's it's a reason it's a reason because um i was actually supposed to go to his one of his book signings for the don't sweat the technique and um oh yeah he he when you look back at his hip-hop his 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 stuff that's poetry that's poetry he took you on that journey you know and i think that you know um when you're looking at any art form, you want you want somebody to be able to take you on a journey. Um, so Julia, you got some poetry for us to take us on your journey. I do not have poetry, but I do want to answer that question that you just posed if I can. Definitely. Definitely. And I might get into a little bit of hot water, but I, it's, it's burning in me, so I have to say mm-hmm. it. Um, As I said, I was working in education in the South Bronx and it was a school, it was in a school that um, I probably could have or should have gone to when I was younger, but I didn't. And I was just so fortunate to be able to go back there and work with the students. And one of the things that that I recognized is that the majority of the students, and we're talking about students between the age of 16 to 18, the majority of them had a fifth grade reading level. Mm. So the schools, the schools are failing them and they don't have, they didn't have anyone at home reading to them. 
So to me, the, the, the where the mumble rap comes in is that you don't have to have like we did. Like y'all, y'all, you all speak of Rakim, but Big Daddy Kane was my the first person that I listened to consistently. Like in my had a little radio with my cassette player, and I would press play, and I would I get raw R A W. Like I knew all of that, and it helped to train my brain and, and it made me want to get more and learn more and be able to, to speak and to rap like that. But I think the literacy of our of our people is is what makes mumble rap hot because you don't have to know the definitions of words. Mm. You that's don't have to all so you gotta do is, is pop and lock and that's it. But we gotta do yeah. a better job. We gotta do you, a better job. You, you just gotta just have a good good YouTube follow and a good uh Instagram follow, and then next thing you could blow. And it's like it's no it's no um way where iron sharpens iron. Like even back in the day, mm -hmm. if you look at those artists, they were all together. No matter what mm -hmm. borough they came from, they all would meet up and force each other to get yes. better. Um, yeah. If you look at even even me, I look at some of the old pictures and be like, "Oh, they was really friends. They made it seem like they was beefing." I know um, Big Daddy Kane always talks about that. Him and uh, he always wanted to battle rock him, and you know, all I can say is <laughs> that would have been whew, a battle in a that that, right that that would have been fireworks. You know, um, that would have been very interesting. Yeah. That'd be very interesting. Um, so, King, you know, you got. I noticed the poetry corner now. I you got, got some, some more for me. Some more coming for you. You know, uh, this is from the book of Just Like Candy, the Galatron Files. Okay. This is the this uh, title. Uh, next time, next time around. This is more like towards um, the women a little bit. <laughs> so I just want to let the listeners know, expression of our heart what she desires but haven't found the beauty of the sound inside her voice keeps me crowned king of her deepest emotions soulfully we are one my goddess in the light shine upon me like the sun caress her brown skin lightly touch her lips arms around her waist as my palms rest on her hips look into her eyes form a smile without a word the reflection of affection is a milestone she deserves kiss her earlobe whisper words inside her ear. Her reaction brings a tear upon my eyes, but disappear. Examine each other's passion, cautiously pursuing. All the things we doing, we in tune while we grooving. Massage her tired feet till I slowly close her eyes. She is not even my lady, I'm not even her guy. Respect each, respect each other's ways as we lay in harmony. What it's supposed to be is naturally her and me. No ties, but we enjoy connected feelings like the source. Signals never cross, so nobody take a loss. It's all about where we stand, bond, woman, and man. There's nothing in this world that we can never really can. Nice. Next time around. Okay. So, 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 Julia, you know, this is this is. Let's just say this is your show today. Um. So we so we have the two books. What's next? So um, what's next is I'm looking at creating a book on mentoring and coaching. 
Um, it ha It is something I've done for over 20 years, and I just want to put something out there for everyone. I believe that everybody has the potential to be a leader, and everybody has experience, and that the way that we can grow our, our communities and, and grow um, our professions and our skills is by making sure that we're connected to people who have done what we're looking to do. Um, and, and learning from them. So I just want to put that out there to encourage people who have have a wonderful, rich experience in their own life to share those 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 lessons and those messages with the young people around them. And for the young people to kind of be encouraged that you don't have to do everything on your own. Like even if the people that are closest to you are not able to give that to you. There, it, there are some others that are out there that can help you with that. You don't have to do it alone. And um, that's what I want to write on next. So let me let me ask you guys. Um, you know, this is this isn't a political question. This is just to get you guys to. I want you guys to ex explain with everything that's going on in the world, um, protest, the energy. How do you guys see us going forward? I know this is kind of like a question you guys didn't expect um, because, you know, the, the energy is con uh, positive energy. A lot of times is contagious as well as negative energy. So I, I, I would like, you know, you know, just to get you guys opinion on um, tapping into the energy that's going on now with, with you know, we uh, I live in a small town. Uh, King kind of lives in a small town, I guess, you know, sort of city. <laughs> and we, we don't really live in the major cities anymore. So we look, our view of things, I would say my view is like more of a, a real, like real suburban view, even though I grew up in suburbia in Jersey, but it's more city where it's more city there than it is here. So what, what do you guys view on what's going on in the world? Like, you know, with everything. Joel? Oh, I was gonna say, go ahead. Ladies first, <laughs> women first. Thank you. Um, that's a heavy question. Um, I feel, I feel a lot. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I think is very sad, but has also been very uh, impactful has been um, the death of George Floyd. Um, growing up as a young woman in the Bronx, there were so many stories of um, police brutality and young African-American and Hispanic men losing their lives to the hands of police. And I think that I, that I heard it so much and I was so afraid of the police that it almost seemed normal. It almost seemed normal. Mm. And I think the response to George um, Floyd's untimely and horrific passing kind of let everybody know that's not normal. Mm. 
It's not normal. It's not appropriate. It's not necessary. And it won't be tolerated. Right. And so I'm I'm okay with everything that's happening now because I think that it's the momentum and the energy that's necessary for us to see change. Um, I had a, a, a debate with someone the other day that was saying that, you know, we need one leader to put everything that we want down on the table. And it's like, we've done that before with Martin and with Malcolm and with Mega and what we what we know and what we've learned is that if we have one person, they will take that person away from us. Um, this is like a grassroots movement and it's going to take everybody with everything that they know and everything that they can do to to change this for us. So I, um, I go from crying to being angry to wanting to vote. <laughs> it's like a lot of things um, at once, but I, I feel like we're in a good time and I think we just have to keep the momentum going and we have to accept that violence is, is not acceptable. And especially towards our, our black man is ultimately not acceptable. King. It's crazy out here. Um, I don't know what to think. I don't even watch the news, but I hear a lot of things and uh, things are taking place. And I feel like right now is the time and ever for me to put these um, two books that I have. I'm working on right now to come out. One is called You Just Never Know because that's exactly what it is. You just never know. Another one is called Searching for Jehovah, Where is God? It's basically about keeping faith and keeping hope alive. Believing mm -hmm. in something. Whether you're Catholic, Baptist, or whichever your denomination is, just to keep faith in the world. I believe there's just one. That's just me. I mean, people can debate about it. I believe there's just one God. And he set, he set forth all these different religions for people to have, you uh, know, no. many different people to have something to believe in, hope alive. You know, people say, oh, I don't believe in your God. Your God. He just set forth all these different chapters to believe in something, you know. And that's why, that's why I believe in the high power, which I say the higher power. I don't say God, Jehovah. I like to have debates sometimes, but... I believe in the higher power, the source of all creation, you know? So that's where I'm at with it. I've been writing a lot of poetry. Uh, the energy been affecting me in a positive way and just dibbling, dabbling I'm about a, I'm the a, things that's going on. I'm going to ask you guys a question. And this, and this may sound dumb, but it may appear like not a... Have you guys ever been to a protest? Yeah. Yes. Back in Harlem. Explain that energy from a protest. Mm. That energy is crazy. You you be standing like on your ones and twos like a DJ. You know, that power, the energy, the momentum, that we're going to fight for what's right. We're going to knock down what's wrong. You're going to listen to us. You're going to hear us. We talking. We speaking. Yeah, it's, 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 it's right there. You know, no matter what goes on, if the police come or anything, we still, everybody still stands in their ground. You know, and ain't nobody getting violent except for the police. We just saying you were wrong. We need to correct this. 
we're gonna do something about this. And um it's it's gonna happen again. I personally feel like it. And that's why I'm using my pen to write some things out in this world right now. To take that's where I'm taking my stand with it right there. I'm not the protesting type to be out there no more like that since the Harlem days, but on this wave right now, creatively writing, I'm about my business and business yeah, will the, be told. One one of the things that I um I have to keep saying about what's going on is that I'm very pessimistic with this situation. I love the energy. I love everything that's going on. I'm 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 not in a position to judge how other people frustration level with the system yes. could be. Um, I just know for us, um, those of us that you know were descendants of slaves, enough's enough. Um, some of the things are past due. We go back um, far as like some of the smallest and minute things to us that offends us to someone that's not black they may be like, uh, why are you offended? This is normal, but it's not normal. It's not normal behavior. Um, and you're right, Julia, we all do have a, a place in this. And it's interesting that you said the, uh, the leadership thing, because I was asking myself, do we have to have a leader? Do we need a leader? Well, you know, a leader, I believe that a leader will rise. Um, someone from will come from amongst us that will be the voice for what's going on. One of my biggest um, things out of all this that I hope out of all this is that it is some real, real dialogue and policy changing from the police level with dealing with other people. Because even, even if the police are not white, a lot of the police feel it's us versus them. And we want to try to, we need to try to get all of us try to get out of that mentality. Um, us versus them, and you know, them versus us. But that's even a small portion of what we're dealing with with white supremacy in this country. And it's it's really sad that most people don't understand how whites this this country has been built on it, and unfortunately, not saying. I would want it. It actually may need to be torn down to rebuild itself. Um, I had a show last night, and um, the young lady was talking about the Constitution. How you know the Constitution needs to probably be amended um, some more uh, because it can be amended. It just needs to be amended some more and to be reflective of what it's supposed to really stand for, um, and not you know look at people that are African-American or Native Americans as subjects, you know. So I just wanted to ask you guys that because, the, the, like you said, the energy could be good. The energy has made King start writing even more. Um, I got another poem for you, too, after Miss um, Dajia oh. finished speaking. Go ahead, girl. Women um, first. I, I agree with everything that you've said. Um it's it's difficult to I think remain confident that change will come. Um, but one of the things that I have seen, like regardless of you know 
white supremacy and the all right and you know all of that other stuff the truth of the matter is like the reason why they want to build a wall and the reason why they want to keep people out and the reason why we experience this structural racism that we do is because they are in fact the minority mm. right but we're always told that we are but that's that's the fact and so my hope similar to my mother's hope is that although our conversation right now is around Black Lives Matter, that we do start to um, join force, forces with our Native American brothers and sisters and Hispanic brothers and sisters and really come together as a group. And it's really been so disappointing to see how silent everyone is. And it's like, this is not, this is not just our problem, you know, and people feel like they're safe because they're not, they don't feel like they're experiencing um, that hatred and that violence and that lack of opportunity to the degree that we are. Um, and, and the only reason why they don't is because of the color of their skin primarily. But, you know, when it comes down to it, um, what, what, what Trump and his supporters are trying to do is they're trying to, to stop being a minority. And that means that any person of color um, is at risk. So I'm, I'm hopeful that the momentum will start to include other people looking for these changes that that will bring quality of life for everybody. You know, that 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 you tapped into um, one of the, some of the roots of my doubts um, is because I am an avid reader. Um, just looking back at the 60s civil rights movements, um, I just always, from reading and under, trying to get an understanding and tapping into that energy, um, the black cause has always got left at the altar. Like, we took everybody to, we invited everybody to the wedding. We did everything. We paid for it. We got the cake. We did everything. They ain't had to do nothing, just show up. And we got left at the altar. I mean, even so much so that even the, the, the civil rights bill, majority of what we would say marginalized groups have, uh, have gotten what they've gotten off the civil rights bill. And we've never fully gotten what we were supposed to get when the civil rights bill, and I think I can't remember exactly what happened. And they, um, when 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 Dr. King and them presented the civil rights bill, they actually put some in inclusive language in there because they knew that if they put that language in there, we would kind of be marginalized even further. I can't remember exactly what part it was offhand, but um. It's interesting. You got a very interesting perspective, Julia. I, you know, you 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 got me having a little hope and faith now. Cause <laughs> I don't. I, I mean, I I really don't. I really don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know because it's it, it could be that usual political theater. Like, oh, they just trying to get our votes as usual, like, you know, so I don't want to go too far into that of why I just have my third eye, just do not trust a lot of this stuff going on. It's like, you know, we don't need, I don't need an ally 
that I could control. I need an ally that's going to be an ally. Like you said, we don't need them silent. Like, it's too many people silent. Like, yo, why are you silent? But see, we're always there with everybody. Everybody. We're always like, we just are the most forgiving. I don't know. We got some stuff in our DNA. In that, in that, in that, I'm telling you, we are the most forgivingest people and the most understanding people. And sometimes we need to be a little bit selfish with our stuff. So, King, you got some stuff for us, right? Yes, sir. This piece is called It Is Something Else. Kind of got that title from my grandmother. I mean, it is something else. It's an old Southern term, too. So, we used to dream as a youth for bigger and better ways of living. Collateral damage by world leaders towards the people given. Strong assistance brilliant. We skilled inside our practice, but on the TV, the news reporters are actors and actresses. A lot of things scripted while families absorb the lies. Watch the crocodile tears run down faces with fake cries. What we once knew before does not exist anymore. Government system changing laws, we feel the last straw. No wind loses or draw, things are real out in the field. What was concealed is now revealed, we need a spiritual shield. Groups of people praying, lots of others suffering. Be mindful what you trust, be careful who you loving. Mm. I like that. Hey, hey, Julia, where can we find your books at? Um, both of my, that was, that was tight, y'all. <laughs> both, both of my books are available on Amazon. Um, Crown Rules, One Woman's Journey to the Throne. It's a women's empowerment book. And the second one, Crown Rules 2, King, How Black Men Love. It's for both men and women. Make sure you make sure that you um put a picture of your books in the group and um when you get a chance. So okay. I can approve it, so I can approve it and you'll be you know, people could find out, you know, they might ask you what it's about so you can get into to more details because a lot of times people aren't as um, easygoing with interviews and being in comments. So they might want to be more in depth. They might want to talk to you even behind the scenes or messenger or whatever. Okay. But um, Thank you. no problem. King, do you have anything else for us before we close out? Yeah, the man behind the hands. That's me. Available on Amazon. All right. And also, I want to tell everybody my anniversary is coming up soon of my first release with uh, Through My Eyes From The Sky, which was published on July 6, 2017. So I'm going to um, pat myself on the back. You know, that's eight books within three years. And when I, God is good, God is great. The highest mm -hmm. source is bestowed upon me. And I'm going to keep rocking on many different levels when I talk about anything, you know? And it's not about, I'm still a humble guy that just want to do the right thing out in this world, you know? So when I bounce, everybody going to see what's out there. I might have some hidden jewels in there, you know what I mean? So if you're a subliminist, you'll catch it. <laughs> so um, I appreciate you guys for joining the show tonight. You know, I know that... Um, you know, we we are the uh, considered the essential workers, and um, one thing about being essential during these times, <laughs> excuse excuse the the expression to our ancestors, 
but it seemed like that whip is a little bit stronger now. Because, mm. <laughs> 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 man, woo. <laughs> you can't even get a cold glass of water. The oh, last man. two days for me? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I work, you know, I worked, it's funny, I worked seven days a week for a year and a half. And I didn't work. I didn't work at all. Like, honestly, sat in the truck and played on social media all day. That was the birth, that was the birth of starting this channel. Um, and then I went to days, and it is like a whole different world working days. I'm so not used to it, you know. I, the, 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 I am a night guy for real. Like working days, I don't know how people could deal with so many people. Um, a lot. You know, but I, I call it um, what I what I call it the uh, knuckle graze. <laughs> you know what knuckle graze is? <laughs> when older people, excuse my expression, when older people drive, all you see is knuckles and gray. <laughs> I got you, got you. <laughs> knuckle graze. It's, it's you know. It's Yo, just I want to thank you for um, allowing me to be up on the show and Miss um, Julia also on your platform. You're doing good things. You're doing some hot things, man. Listen, you guys are you guys are more than welcome. Um, King, you already know this is the Poetry Corner, so this is your show. It yeah. just happened to be on Let's Talk, and you allowing um, myself to uh, present your show. And um, Julia, you know you you're more than welcome to. Come on, let's talk if we ever have. I didn't know you was an educator, so um, don't be surprised if I send you something <laughs> so we can talk. Because I really want to have a discussion on, um, it's it's a few educators in the group, and it's hard because I know um, you really can't teach outside of the curriculum, but you want to be teaching right. And um, going forward, I think that with COVID and the education and protesting, we need to look at what people are being taught. Like you said, um, the mumble rappers are not being taught. And it's funny because even those rappers from back in the day, most of them just dropped out of school because they didn't want to go because it was bored, but they had a formal education, uh, education of their history. Like, um, you know, so we, we I really want to try to put something together with, um, a talk on who is educating our youth mm. and, and and really have a discussion about that. And I have some people in mind, and now I know that you're an educator. I definitely will, um, That's peace. will, will consider you because what I want to do is I want to get people from different areas of the country and talk about what is prioritized in our education. Um, so I have some people in mind that I want to get together and do that. Um, but uh, King, until next time, I appreciate you, cuz Julia. Right. Like I said, you're more than welcome. To, you're more than welcome to join the show. Um, if you have any topics that you think that you know are pressing to discuss, you know that you just can't wait. Just let me know. <laughs> just you can send me a personal message or just hit me up on the page, and you know I look at the page every day. So uh, just let me know. Well, thank you very much. It was so amazing to be a part of this experience. It was a wonderful evening, wonderful energy, and I'm just so excited to be part of the group. Thank you so much. You're more than welcome. Well, with that, every don't don't hang up though. 
with that, everybody on Facebook, uh, YouTube, and Periscope, thank you for joining us tonight, and have a blessed night. Good night. Nice.